The Psalms are not presenting us with a naive optimism. They have a forward-looking faith. And praising God is the heart of each of these Psalms. Psalm 149 pictures Israel. Strong, glorious, and close to God's heart. It may have been composed after some military victory in the days of the kings, but it's also equally valid for the time after the exile. But there is always an expectation of days yet to come. The psalm describes the church of God with the praise of God in her mouth and the double-edged sword of the Bible truth in her hand set to stand against the powers of evil in our world. And it is the saints who battle against the enemy. And the saints are those people who belong to God. And we are those saints. Just a thought. Christian praise, my understanding is it's a joyful thanking and adoring of God and a celebration of his goodness and grace. And hallelujah, praise the Lord. So these last two psalms, they're like an orchestral piece, an orchestral work. They are creating sounds which are rising. It's like a mounting crescendo at the climax of a great symphony. All through the psalms, from beginning to end, there is praise. But as the Psalter reaches its conclusion and the final section is uh, played, there is one grand finale of praise and that is Psalm 150. In this psalm, we are exhorted to praise the Lord. In six verses, the psalmist manages to exhort us to praise the Lord 13 times. Can we be in any doubt? Can we sit and wonder what God is saying to us? Does he have to say it again? Praise him. The psalmist, though, is not calling us to be a praise-centered people. The psalmist is calling us to be a God-centered people. And as a God-centered people, we will naturally become people of praise. In this psalm, the psalmist guides us in our praise. He shows us the where of praise. He shows us the why of praise. He shows us the how of praise and also the who of praise. So let's begin where he began, the where of praise to God. The psalmist says we are called to praise God in God's sanctuary. The sanctuary is where God's people gather. Whether it be the temple in Jerusalem that the psalmist was familiar with, or here in Christchurch, our beautiful church in Tunbridge Wells, the psalmist tells us to let our praise ring out in the sanctuary. Psalm 100, to make a joyful noise unto the Lord, all ye lands. Serve the Lord with gladness. Come before his presence with singing. And we are also, the psalmist tells us, to praise God in his mighty heavens. Praise him in the expanse of his power. God's glory fills the universe, and so his praise must do no less. The psalmist calls for God to be praised everywhere for praise to resound in all creation. When we gather in church, when God's people come together, we are called to praise the Lord. We should not come to meet friends, although praising God with friends is a joyous occasion. 
We do not really come to win lost souls for the Lord, but in our prayers we will pray for those who do not yet know the love of Jesus Christ. We don't really come to have our needs met here in church. Although we meet and praise God, we trust that that will actually happen. Paul said, my God will meet all your needs according to the riches of his glory in Christ Jesus. No, no, I, I believe we come here together to offer our praise to God. The psalmist wrote again, we are to enter into his gates with thanksgiving and into his courts with praise and be thankful to him and bless his name. And my prayer this evening is that all who have gathered here will encounter God as they praise God. For the Lord is good, his mercy is everlasting, and his truth endures for all generations. By the way, did I mention that Christian praise is a thanks, thanking God joyfully and the celebration of his grace and goodness? Why should we praise God? The psalmist tells us, for his acts of power and for his surpassing greatness, we are to praise God for what he has done, his mighty deeds, and we are to praise God because of who he is, his excellent greatness. But what are God's mighty deeds? What has God done for us? We need go no further than the Psalms. In Psalm 139, he formed us and ordained us all the days of our lives. In Psalm 22, we hear the cry of the righteous sufferer who finds his fulfillment in the passion of Jesus Christ. Psalm 23 shows us a God providing for our every need as a good shepherd. And Psalm 32 tells us of the forgiveness of sin which God gives to the repentant sinner. So what has God done for us? He chose us in Christ before the foundation of the world. He sought us when we were dead in our transgressions and in our sin. He caused us to be born again, to be a living hope. And God has led us with grace and patience to the place where we are today. And God, who has begun this good work in us, will carry it on to completion until the day of Christ Jesus. That's what God has done for us. Apart from his acts of power, God is worthy of praise simply because of who he is. God is perfect. God lacks nothing. In the words of Paul, God is the King eternal, immortal, invisible, the only God who lives in unapproachable light, whom no one has seen or can see. Or John in Revelation, God is worthy to receive glory and honor and power, for God created all things. That's why God deserves our praise. So let's look again. Where should we praise God? In all of heaven and earth, from the sanctuary to infinity and beyond. And why should we praise God? Because of his mighty acts and his perfect attributes. But now I want to ask, how do we praise God? With every part of our being, and we do it joyfully. We praise him with everything we've got. From the breath in our lungs as we blow that trumpet and our fingers that pluck the harp and our hands tapping out a rhythm on a tambourine to our whole bodies dancing in praise. This praise God wants and deserves from us and we want it to be joyous praise. 
God doesn't want our worship to be somber, formal, devoid of joy. But God still wants our praise to be reverent. And he wants it to be a celebration of his goodness and grace. Does that mean loud? Occasionally, maybe. But God speaks in a gentle whisper. When he spoke to Elijah, God was not in the wind. He wasn't in the fire. He was in a gentle whisper. When we worship God, we can praise God in the silence. We can praise God in a quiet voice. We can praise him with the softest of murmurs. But when we praise God, we must give our all to God. Paul says, yield your whole self unto God. Submit and surrender yourself. Paul tells us to present our bodies as living sacrifices. So we choose. We make a choice to give God our lives and surrender to him. We make a choice for God to be sovereign in charge of our lives or not. So how do we praise God? We praise him joyously, but also fervently. We must focus our minds on God, banish other thoughts that creep in, shake off apathy that stifles our worship. How do we do that? It's always easier said than done. To do it, I feel we must concentrate. Concentrate our everything on God. Concentrate on the words of the liturgy that we recite. Concentrate on the lyrics of the hymns that we sing. Concentrate on the prayers that are spoken. And concentrate on the inspired words of scripture when they're spoken from the heart. Let us make praise our priority. So that when we sit or when we stand to praise God, we do it with the expectancy that at that moment, Jesus is beside us. When in fact, God is here. His spirit is with us. So do we give him praise believing that? We may give God his hour on a Sunday, and maybe we do it again midweek. But once that's done, then what? Do we return to our ordinary lives? Or do we choose to praise God in the ordinary? Do we look and see God's truth proclaimed throughout creation? Do we sometimes sense that gentle nudge of a moment of grace? Do we choose to find the extraordinary within the ordinary? And lastly, we need to discover who should praise God. And the psalmist tells us, everything that has breath, praise the Lord. And I have no doubt that means all of us here. No exceptions. God commands us all to praise him. So praising God does not happen because we are in the mood for it or it's convenient. Praise is not a part of a feeling. It's not an emotional response. It's a matter of obedience to God. Praise comes from our choice to focus on God. It comes from our decision to center our whole being on God. God doesn't need our praise, but God knows that it's good for us because it strengthens our relationship with him. Praise gets the focus off ourselves and back onto God. I know we live in a selfie-focused world, but I think we need the constant reminder of praise that life is not all about us. Praise brings us to a place of humility where we remember 
our dependency on God and acknowledge our need for him. Humility is not thinking less of ourselves. It's just simply thinking of ourselves less often. As we praise God, we admit we're not in control. He is. And praise causes the enemy to flee. It pushes back the darkness that surrounds us. Evil does not hang around when we are praising God. Because the light shines in the darkness and the darkness has not overcome it. Praise makes room for God's blessings over our lives. He will not hold back his goodness. Praise opens the gateway of blessings as we come into the presence of the King. And praise invites his presence. God dwells close to us when we praise him. He lives there. The psalmist says he inhabits the praise of his people. And with praise, our spirits are refreshed and renewed in his presence. We're strengthened by his peace and refueled by his joy. Through a heart of praise, we discover that God doesn't just change our situations and work through our problems. He changes our hearts. Praise paves the way for God's power to be displayed and miracles to happen. People's lives are transformed. God shakes things up through praise. Remember Paul and Silas, chained and imprisoned, but they continued to praise God. And in the earthquake, they were set free and their chains fell off. And praise reminds us of the greatness of God and his power and his presence in our lives. It does us good. Praise the Lord, for the Lord is good. Sing praise to his name, for that is pleasant. To witness God's blessing and grace, we must praise him with our hearts, our minds, our bodies, and our souls. So where should we praise him? Everywhere. Why should we praise him? Because he is everything. And how should we praise him? With our all. And who should praise him? Everyone. So let us joyfully thank and adore God and celebrate his goodness and grace. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. And the people all said, Amen. Amen.